Hey everybody, welcome to episode 75 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week I want to chat about tones, buzzers, bells and nulls. Hey everybody, before we start, I want to quickly thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. If you want to support the show, there are many options available in the links in the episode notes below. And if you want to interact with me and the show, that information's in there too. But most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends at least one and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I hope you had a great week. I hit the beaches again this week with enough coinage found to cover the coffees and diesel on my way home. But my main goal was to keep up my search for a multi-thousand euro ring that was lost on one of my favourite beaches. How did I know that there was a very specific ring lost on a very specific beach? Well, I just happened across a post on my local Facebook page asking people to keep an eye out for it. So I saved the post with the hope of returning the ring and surprising the owner. I can see it all now. The pictures, the fame, it's all for the taking. So I got out and did a full forensic search of the beach, or at least part of it, with the other side on the cards for next week. Gridding and searching the beach returned a lot of good finds. In fact, I believe I dug up the least amount of trash I have ever dug up on a beach, as there were periods of times that I ignored a lot of trash signals while I covered a lot of ground looking for that specific target. And a good day was had by all, I have to say. In other news, I have been contacted by our Knox winner, the DIY detectorist, who wanted to let me know he is off to a flying start and has already recovered four gold rings, a silver bracelet, two silver rings and three silver chains, plus a load of junker rings, but the icing on the cake was that one of the gold rings found, a 1969 class ring, was successfully returned to its original owner's family, who were extremely happy with the return of the ring, as it belonged to their dad, who had passed away in the early 2000s. What makes this story even better was that two weeks prior, the DIY detectorist and his cousin put out a call on a local TV channel, Channel 6 in Florida, looking for the owner, which resulted in the family calling into the TV station. So not one, but two televised stories were shown on the TV station, as the TV station followed up a week later with the turn of the ring. And that's what it's all about, folks. Well done to the DIY detectorist and your cousin. Your story really made my week, my month, and my year so far. So thank you very much. In other news, I see Aqua Chigger was in a spot of bother on YouTube this week, where a Middle Eastern channel was using some of Chig's old content to produce a reaction video of some sort. I haven't seen it, but the channel is all in Arabic, so it may be there. But what happened then was that the YouTube algorithm assumed, because the Arabic channel was bigger at 6.5 million subs, that the Chig's channel at 1.1 million subs was reposting the big boy's content and issued two strikes against the Chig, which of course the Chig refuted and was able to overturn quite easily with the originals of the videos. This subsequently resulted in the other channel getting the strikes instead, and getting taken down for a bit, but this then prompted the Arabic channel on its return to release a video slamming the Chig and accusing him of dishonesty, which of course resulted in the Chig issuing a reply by video where he outlined what he had done, 
and that he did not issue any strikes against the other channel, but the algorithm did. But also, Chig showed everyone the lengths he went to to make it right, even though he didn't need to, such as allowing the Arabic channel to use his content as long as he was credited, which is normal practice. But the Chig was ignored and the strikes were issued, resulting in the Arabic fella's channel being taken down for a bit, like I said. It was all a bit crazy to see unfold and worrying to see the Chig packing some heat on the video, something I have never seen before from the Chig. It seems to have died down now, thank God, but we support you Chig and sorry that you had to go through that, but thank God you're still able to put up some great content. Anyways, I've rambled on way too much already and it's time to get on to this week's topic about tones, which just happens to be a request by a listener. So to start, tones are the most underrated and taken for granted feature of a metal detector. And I bet you didn't realize that there were so many attributes to your metal detector's tones that you can use, but probably don't, or maybe weren't even aware of. Too many of us are focused on what the VDI is telling us, that we often forego what the tones are trumpeting into our ears. If I was to prioritize the indicators of a metal detector, I would put the tones or sounds at the top of the list. I'll go on to say and give you an example. If you're a Knox owner, you will see many videos online of people telling you that you need to dig everything and to lay out all the finds at what VDI they came in on. Once I heard this statement over and over, I knew that we needed to listen to the detector as the VDI is not helping us here at all. And once it was confirmed by Digger with Will that he does the same with his Vanquish, I started doing that immediately and my good finds to bad finds ratio shot up. I was able to drill into what targets were good and what were bad purely by the tones and how I had my detector set up. A metal detector is nothing without its tones. Even in its simplest form of one tone, much like a pinpointer, it is useful in certain circumstances, on or off, target there or not there. Simple. The next level up from a single tone, you have multi-tones. This is what most detectors have these days, where a tone of a certain frequency is assigned to a certain range on the conductivity scale, from iron to silver. Normally, the higher the tone, the higher the conductivity. Next up, you may have some form of dual scale multi-tone range with one scale exactly like before tied to the conductivity scale with the other scale tied to the ferrous scale. Or some detectors will have only one ferrous tone and not the full five tones of a scale. You generally use a multi-tone dual scale with only one scale audible. For example, I will have my CTX set up on the conductivity scale while the VDI displays the ferrous content. Now, this can be switched around any which way you want, but it is important that you spend some time learning the tones and targets associated with them. I do remember one hunt where I had been messing about with the tones before, only to have set my tones to coincide with the ferrous content, resulting in me only digging ferrous targets. Needless to say, it took a while to figure that one out. Generally, tones are set to low tones equaling undesirable targets, but high tones equaling highly desirable targets. I think psychologically, we like to think high tones are positive and low tones as negative. Well, I know I do anyways. The only way you will understand your tones and what you like. Now, don't forget, these days, tones are totally configurable to your own wants and needs. And the only way to learn them is by testing them out on a test bed. And I'm only scratching the surface here. That's only the tones. Let's talk about the amplitude of the tone. Amplitude is how loud it is. How many times have you said, 
I knew it was a good target by the amplitude of the signal. Or to put it differently, I knew it was a great target. It nearly blew the head off me. For example, I can identify a two euro coin pretty consistently by the amplitude of the tone. The tone itself is a mix of iron tones and mid-conductivity tones. And only for the amplitude, I would ignore them completely. But every time I get a blasting 16 on the knocks, I know it's a two euro coin most of the time. I mentioned it there. The two euro coin signal is not necessarily a good quality tone. It just has a high amplitude. That is a key indicator for me. However, in other cases, quality can be super important. A good quality signal is not only about the note it makes, but it is consistent in length and amplitude as well. Or is there an iron tone bleeding in, making it a scratchy tone? Is the tone consistent in only one direction? For me, that's a red flag. Does it get more consistent as you dig it out? It should, but only if it's a good target. It should get less scratchy, or conversely, if it's a bad target, it should get worse and could even be totally discriminated out. While we're talking about discrimination, using your threshold tone can be a useful tool as well. When hunting, for example, I tend to profile swap or switch from whatever program I'm using to all metal to help identify iron. However, I also use my threshold tone, which I set loud enough for me to hear constantly. And when discrimination is on, I can identify iron targets by the nulling in the threshold tone, saving me from profile switching. I do do both, but it depends on what I remember to use at the time. Again, it is key to spend time learning your tones and how you have set them up. Your detector may have 5, 10, 15, 20 or even 100 tones for you to configure and set up, but my preference is 5. One for iron and four sliding up the conductivity scale, and I can't or never will understand the option for 100 tones. If you use it, please let me know, but I couldn't tell you the difference between tone 50 and 51 to save my life. So to wrap up briefly, tones is more important than the nice twinkly notes it makes. It's the notes plus the amplitude plus the quality and consistency, but also it's the nulling or lack of tone that can be key to helping you decide on whether to dig or not dig. The tones your detector make is the most important indicator, even more important than the VDI. And to be honest, sometimes I think I over rely on my VDI, resulting in me digging too much trash at times. Okay, that's it for this week. I hope you like this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out the website www.themetaltechnicshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. If you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metaldetecting. Also, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash show. The link will be in the show notes and on the website. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends at least one and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down, good luck and happy hunting. <laughs>